You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. What an awesome introduction. Thank you for the round of applause. Let's just close in prayer. No, no. <laughs> Some of you are going, sweet, this is the best church service ever. Well, I am so grateful for the opportunity to get to be here this morning, excited for what the Lord has to share with us this morning. And as Pastor Ben said, I used to be with Winning at Home. I'm not really repping them this morning, but I was with Winning at Home for 10 years. I love that ministry. God has been doing incredible things through Winning at Home. As he said, Matt Biller is one of the um, uh, counselors at Winning at Home. Matt, how many counselors do you guys have there now? Like 15? 20 clinical staff. I mean, God's been blowing it up, man. And it is a privilege to get to come and be here this morning. I want you to know that I do not leave my church too often to to go to another church. But when Matt called me and talked to me and and when Ben and I talked, um, missions is one of the things that is near and dear to my heart. In fact, I'm going to be leading a mission trip in the end of December and into the beginning of January. We're going to be heading to Egypt And uh, yeah, we're going to be taking a group of people over there, being able to share and minister to uh, the people in Egypt. Egypt is 83% Muslim, right around 83% Muslim. And uh, we are super excited about what the Lord is going to do there. And you know, I'm, I'm so pumped to get to be here to share with you. And I want you to know this, okay? Uh, If you don't hear anything else that I say this morning, it is critical that you hear this. God loves you. God loves you. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, regardless of what you've done in your past, regardless of what you did yesterday or this morning, God loves you. God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to take your place on the cross. Those nails, they were meant for you. They were meant for me. The spit, the mockery, the the crown of thorns, the spear through the side, all of that Jesus took for me and for you. A life for a life. He died so that you and I could live. That's how much God loves you and he loves me. And you know what? It's not just you and me. It's not just because we're here at Gateway. It's not just because we're in a church. And it's not just for people in Egypt or China or South America. It's for people in Muskegon and in Grand Rapids and in Kalamazoo. God sent his son to die for each and every one of us. And so... Beyond anything you hear this morning, if you don't walk out hearing anything other than this, just hear that God loves you. T- turn to the person next to you, just touch them on the knee and say, God loves me. Just say, God loves me. Come on, say, you got to say it with a smile on your face. God loves me. Come on, that's awesome, isn't it? Now, now turn to another person. You might have to turn around and just look at them, look them in the eye and say, God loves you. Just look at them and say, God loves you. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Now, here's the thing. When, when you think of missionaries, when you think of missionaries, 
What do you think of? Because I grew up, I grew up in the 70s and in the 80s, the 80s, best decade of music ever. Can I get a witness? Okay. Yep. Yep. Other than hair bands. All right. But, uh, but when I think of missionaries, when I go back to, to, to my childhood, I think of people in like powder blue polyester suits, you know, with their, with their little uh, slide projectors and stuff like that, right? And they would talk about the mission stuff. Okay, and maybe you remember some of the quotes, some great, great missionary quotes, like this quote right here. I love this quote. It's going to be on the screen in just a second. Hopefully coming up right about now. There you go. I love Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott, maybe you're familiar with Jim Elliott. Okay, said this. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that, that which he cannot lose. Isn't that awesome? Jim, Jim believed that so much. Jim Elliott believed that so much that he went down to share the love of God to the Aka Indians and ended up being a martyr for the faith that he believes so much in. He proved those words to be true. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. The next quote by a man who I believe lives up to his name, C.T. Studd, okay? C.T. Studd, I love this quote. This is my favorite. You might want to write this down. This is a great quote. C.T. Studd said this, Some wish to live within the sound of a chapel bell. I wish to run a rescue mission within a yard of hell. That's awesome, isn't it? That's like, whoo, I'm ready for the game right now. All right, I'm ready right now. Okay, and, and you think about it. When you think of missions, what comes to mind? Maybe you think of a picture like this, okay? That's what we think of, right? When we think about missions, we think about people going out a long ways away and, and, and like building or maybe a picture like this. You know, you think of, of people who, we always have those pictures of, you know, it seems like white people, all right? But, but missionaries come in all different colors, shapes, and sizes. But we think of pictures like this, right? Okay? Let me ask you this question. Why is it why is it that when we think of missions, we don't think of pictures like this? We don't think of pictures that involve the area where we live, right? We don't think of, of pictures of, of the people in our community. We don't think of the people in, in Muskegon. We don't think of the people in, in, in Fruitport. We don't think of the people in Grand Haven, all right? When we think of missionaries, we think of overseas. We think of far away. We think of across borders and across oceans. We don't think of our local high schools, our local middle schools, or intermediate or elementary schools. We don't think about the people that we see at the gas pump or in the grocery store line. Okay? We don't think of those people. And when we look at them, we're tempted to ask, who are those people? Who are they? And that's a great question. Who are those people? Because we don't really ever think of these people when we, am I right? We don't really think of these people when we think of missions. But I can tell you this they are always on God's mind. Those people right here in these pictures, not just in Egypt, not just in Africa, not just in South America, but these people. In, in, in Muskegon, in Fruitport, in Grand Haven, in Kalamazoo, in Michigan. They are on God's mind continuously. I assure you that God is thinking of these people. They're always on his heart. They're always on his mind. And God needs missionaries into these cities, into this area. And I know some of you are sitting there and you're thinking, 
you're right, Doug, you're right, you're absolutely right. And guess what we do? We have missionaries right here in this area. Bill Fillmore, I support him. I give to the church. I support Bill and and the Muskegon Rescue Mission. There's another one. We support the Muskegon Rescue Mission. But can I let you in on a little secret? Because some of you are going, you're right, Doug. You're absolutely right. And I would stand before you and say, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Okay? But the thing is that the need in Muskegon is so vast that all of the missionaries and mission organizations in Muskegon are not going to possibly be able to meet every single need of every single person in Muskegon. It's so much bigger and so much grander than that that all of the mission organizations in Muskegon combined cannot reach Muskegon. You know how I know that? Because I did a little bit of research. Woo, I'm out of breath, okay? What an intro. I did a little bit of research and I found this out. It's going to blow you away, all right? On uh, the government website, I believe this is according to the last census that was taken. You ready for this? 70%. 70% of Muskegon has no religious affiliation 70% that's not just people who don't go to church okay that's not just people that's people who say I have no religious there's nothing for me no God no there's no religious affiliation whatsoever 70% almost three out of four people have no religious affiliation whatsoever. I'm going to tell you this. There is a huge mission field in Muskegon. Not just in Europe. Not just in China. Not just in Africa. Not just in South America. But right here. In your backyard. There are people that need to know Jesus Christ. There are people that have no idea of the love that we were worshiped, celebrating. This Wasn't that a great time this morning? Wasn't that an amazing time of singing and worshiping together? Almost three out of four people outside of these doors have no idea what in the world you're doing. They don't know. They don't understand. 70%. That means that there are people that you work with. Most assuredly, there are people that you work with. There are people at, at your school. Logan, there's people at your school who don't know Jesus. There are people in your neighborhood, and I would venture to say that there are probably people in your family who don't know Jesus. 70% of those people. So what do we do? How do we reach them? I'm going to tell you what, I'm super excited because as Pastor Ben was saying, right after the service, you guys are going to head out these doors. You don't get to leave. They're going to corral you, all right, shoot you in there where you can see where a big difference that this church is making. But I'm going to tell you this. These ministries are critical to what God is doing in Muskegon. They are critical to God's plan for Muskegon for Fruitport, for Grand Haven, for Spring Lake, for the Lakeshore area, for Michigan. 
for the United States and for the world. But it's not just them, because as I said, 70%, look at the person next to you and say 70%, 70%, 70% of the people in in Muskegon have no religious affiliation whatsoever. And the difference is going to be made not just by these mission organizations. It's going to take every one of us. It's going to take every single one of us. So I want to share three things. Three, three simple things. Matt knows me well enough. <laughs> I'm on the edge there. God wanted me down here. Okay. <laughs> Matt knows me well enough to know that I am not a deep person. Can I get an amen? <laughs> glory, glory, all right? I'm not, a deep, I'm not a deep person. So what I share with you, oh, this feels so much better down here, man. I can move, all right? Uh, I'm not a deep person, but I live by experience, okay? And, and so I'm hoping that what God has revealed to me today, he's going to open your hearts to, that God is going to show to you, okay? And we're going to see it in a story, and we're going to take three things away from this story that Jesus was involved in. But before we go any farther, can we pray? Can we just pray? Let's bow our heads together. Father, over the next few minutes, I pray that you would speak into our hearts and to our lives, that you would help us, God, to bring glory and honor to you. Lord, I pray that, that when we walk away from this place, God, I pray that, uh, that we would be challenged deeper to make a bigger impact for your kingdom and your glory. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, okay? Mark chapter 5. Ben, it looks like you got a lot of people who bring their Bible. That's awesome, okay? Because I believe that Gateway uses the Bible, the Word of God. Amen? All right, Mark chapter 5. If you're there, say amen. All right, if you're not there, say hold on. Okay, I'll hold, okay? Mark chapter 5. Mark is the Second book of the New Testament, chapter 5, comes right after chapter 4 and before chapter 6. I'm I'm stalling. Are you there? Say amen. Amen. All right, here we go. All right. Now, let me just set up the situation, okay? Mark chapter 5, Jesus is kind of in the beginning of his ministry, all right? He's had a a good send-off. He's been kind of garnering some attention from the local people, all right? And so he takes a boat, and he goes across the lake to the Gerasenes. To, 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 to that area, okay? And as his boat is coming across the lake, this dude who is demon-possessed comes out of the tombs. In the, okay, you know what a tomb is, right? That's where they bury people, all right? Dead people. And this guy is demon-possessed. And, and it is so bad. The scripture tells us that it's so bad that he's so demon-possessed that they've tried to shackle him with chains and they tried to shackle his feet. And he's so strong, supernatural power, demo, demonic power that He snaps the chains, snaps the the leg irons off. They cannot control him. It says at night that he would howl and scream, okay, and that he would take rocks and he would cut himself. He was self-destructive, okay? And as Jesus is coming across the lake, he sees Jesus and he recognizes who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God. And he begins to shout out, Jesus, Son of God, what are you going to do to me? Okay, and Jesus comes up and he's he's like, you're not going to torture me, are you? are you? And Jesus, you know, he calls out the demon and, he, and they go back and forth. And Jesus says, maybe you're familiar with the story. Jesus says, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion because there are many of us. This man is in 
infested with demons, okay? And, and so the demons, they recognize who Jesus is. And they say, and they recognize, okay, he's going to send us out. Listen, there's a, there's a whole bunch of pigs over there. All right, how appropriate. There's a whole bunch of pigs over there, you know, grazing on the hill or whatever pigs do, okay? And, and they say, can, can you just send us over there into the pigs? And Jesus is like, okay. And so, so they leave. The pigs go run down into the water, and they drown. And then the, the pig herders, you know, they get nervous. The people that see what happened, they leave. They go into town, and they tell everybody else what's going on. And everybody comes from the town out to the tombs where Jesus is. And they see the man who they were desperately afraid of sitting there clothed scripture says in his right mind and they were afraid 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 this dude was like legion tons of demons cutting himself howling at the moon they tried to shackle him they couldn't and jesus heals the man sends out the demons and now they're afraid they're so afraid they look at jesus and they go could you just leave is that weird Isn't that weird to you? It's weird to me. Like this dude is sitting in his right mind. And their first thought is not, Woo, I got somebody I need to be healed. Bring him out here. Bring Bobby out here, okay? He needs to be, no, no, no. Their thing is, oh, can you go? Can you just leave? It's just crazy to me. And so we pick it up. Jesus getting ready to leave. And we pick it up in verse 18 of Mark chapter 5. This is what happened. Now I want you to picture this with a missions view, okay? Picture this. You ready for this? Mark chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. It says this, and if you don't have your Bible, you can look at it. It's up here on the screen. Mark chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. It says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell his story in the Decapolis. How much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. You ready for this? Here's the most awesome part of the story. You can read. You can look at Mark chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. And you will find that this is the very first missionary that Jesus Christ ever sent out. And here's the interesting thing. That Jesus didn't send the very first missionary to Rome. Jesus didn't send the first, very first missionary, you know, east towards China. Jesus didn't send him west towards Europe. Jesus sent him where? Home. Jesus sent the very first missionary back to where he came from. This man had a story to tell. He had a life-changing story to share. And Jesus, instead of taking him with him and making him kind of a sideshow and saying, check out what I did, and the dude comes out and says, I was a demon-possessed man. I'd cut myself and howl at the moon. And people would come and they'd fall at his feet. No, no, no. Jesus didn't need a sideshow. Jesus didn't need a missionary to Rome. He needed a missionary back to this guy's hometown because they knew him. They knew what he was like. They knew his story, but they didn't know the end. See, that's what God does for you and for me. He doesn't allow our current situations and circumstances to dictate our future. And he changed this man's life. He changed the trajectory, not just of his life, 
but of his hometown. The very first missionary Jesus ever sent out, he sent him home. He sent him home. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I want to share with you this. Missions isn't just over there. Over there. Okay? M missions, is, it's not how we always picture it in some foreign country with half-clothed people speaking a different language. Okay? It's not always like that. Missions are right here. It's right here in our own backyard. 70%. Look at the person on the other side of you and say, 70%. Do it, do it, 70%. 70% of the people. God's plan of salvation does not have a mileage requirement. Did you hear what I said? God's plan for restoration of men and women's lives has no mileage requirement on it. Missionaries aren't missionaries just because they cross an ocean or they speak a different language. Some of the best missionaries are the missionaries who are willing to cross the street. God's global conquest starts right here. And it starts with you. And it starts with me. We've got to be just as passionate about God's message of restoration and hope and love and forgiveness and grace and eternity. We've got to be just as passionate about it here where we live as we are in all of these other places. We've got to be just as passionate that the, my next door neighbor knows Jesus as I am about the person I've never met in Egypt. I've got to be just as passionate about that. So how do we do it? How, how do we stoke that passion? Three things. I told you I'm going to share three things. You're going to want to write them down because you're mind-blowing. All right? The first one is this. You ready? The first one is this. Pray. 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 Can I let you in on a little secret while you're writing down pray? Okay? Pray. I know some of you are going, what? Pray? Come on. Pastor Ben, we didn't pay this guy, did we? I mean, I mean that's so simple. Come on, man. Come on. No, no. Here's the thing. You ready for this? Prayer changes things prayer if you've if you've had a life change if you your life or somebody else you've been praying for has had their life change if god's done something miraculous if god's answered a prayer just put your hand in the air just put your, look around look around look around look around okay god answers the prayers of his people because prayer changes things and so as we're talking about missions as we're talking about missions, there's two questions I want you to ask yourself. Two questions. God, how can you use me? God, how can you use me? Okay? How can you use me? Maybe it's not just financial. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's God is looking at you and just saying, hey, you know what? I want you to just make a plate of cookies and take them to your next door neighbor. That's it. Okay? And you're like, well, I can do that. I'll just leave it on the porch. No, 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 no. No, don't do that. No, 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 no. You take it over to them, ring the doorbell, and just go, hey, you know what? I just wanted you to have these. They're clean. There's no razor blades or drugs in them, okay? I, 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 here, I, there you go, okay? Mm, that's good, all right? Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a family that's going through a tough time, and God's just saying, you know what? Make them a meal. Make them a meal. Just take them over and just take it over and just say, hey, I know things are rough right now. We just made you a meal. Our family's praying for you. Just want you to know that if you ever need to talk, we're here for you. And that's it. You didn't have to open up your Bible. You didn't have to quote scripture. 
You didn't have to lay hands on them and pray for them and make it an awkward situation, right? All right? You just walked over and you said, here's a meal. Our family loves you. We're praying for you. If you need anything, let us know. That's it. Maybe there's a single mom that you know. And I'm going to tell you what, man. Matt, I know you deal with single parents. And when I was at Winning at Home, we, we t- you know, I, I don't know how single parents make it. I, I, I'm a dad with three daughters. I tell people it's all drama all the time at my house, okay? <laughs> I live in my own reality show, okay? <laughs> I do not know how single parents make it. But maybe you've got a single parent that you know. And you look at it and go, you know what? Maybe God's just telling you, go and babysit their kids for two hours. That's it. That's all I want you to do. You don't need to pull out the Bible. You don't need to spout out any scriptures. You just go, you know what? Do you need a break? And they're going to go, oh, dear God, thank you. <laughs> you already made a difference right there, right? And you go, yes, yes, yes. You go, okay, two hours. You take two hours, and when they come back after four, don't be mad at them. <laughs> they needed the break, okay? But pray, pray. God, how can you use me? Second question, God, what do you require of me? Ooh, that's a big question right there. God, what do you require of me? We do not realize, we do not realize the power of prayer. I, I love what Dr. Martin Luther King said about prayer. I believe it's on the screen behind me. He said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Whew, that's power right there, right? But not as powerful as prayer not as powerful as prayer we don't realize that for us as christians as followers of jesus prayer is the most powerful weapon we have your prayers for these mission organizations your prayers for for your faith promise giving your prayers for the opportunities your prayers for god what do you require of me your prayers for god what do you want from me will transform your life if you will listen to god number two number two is give number one was pray number two is give number two is give Okay, so many people say, I don't have much to give, Doug. Pastor Ben, Pastor Ben, if you just knew my story, you would know I don't have very much to give. God isn't asking you to give what you don't have. Now, here's the awesome thing. I could preach this because it's not my church. So I don't really care. I don't care what you think of me. (laughs) That's why you're here. All right. Okay. God's not asking you to give what you don't have. God's not asking you to give what you can. God's asking you to give what you got. God's asking you to give what you got, okay? And that's what faith promise is. For some of us looking at it going, I don't have the money. And we're praying, we're saying, God, what is it that you will have me to give? And I promise you, if you pray that prayer and you listen to God, God is going to tell you what to give. And you're going to do this. You're going to go, God, what does you want me to give? And you're going to listen. You're going to go, whoa, God, I can't do that. I, do you know? Do you know the sacrifices? God's going to go, yeah, I do know the sacrifice. Believe me, I know about sacrifice. I know about sacrifice. Don't you believe that I can provide for you? Have I not provided for you until now? I can and I will provide for you. It's called faith promise. See, recently we had a lady in our church, 
in June, our church, we were, we were talking about some steps that we believed God was calling our church to take that was going to require sacrifice. I talked about it on a Saturday. And I, lay, I laid out these different things about how, you know, what we were wanting God to do. And we had this lady. This lady came up to me the next day on Sunday. And she handed me a check for $5,000. Like one of those, wouldn't you? Huh? Okay. She handed me a check for $5,000. And we look at that and go, whoo, man, that's awesome. Praise God. That's incredible. But here's the thing. If you knew this lady, you would respond pretty much the same way I did. I looked at her and I thought, can you afford this? How, can you, can you, how, how can you, I know your situation. I know your finances. You can't do this. And then I was kind of convicted. I was like, how dare you? How dare you second guess God's calling on this person's life? So I took the check. And then my wife and I, we were praying. We were praying about what we were going to give. And you know what we did? We did what a lot of you do. We looked at our budget, and we said, what can we afford? Right? Isn't that what we do? You know, come on, be honest. That's what we do, right? I mean, we look at it, and we go, okay, okay, God, what do you want me to give? I think if I skip a latte a month, I can afford this much, okay? That's what I can afford. That's not faith promise, my friends. That's just part of your budget. And God convicted me after this lady named Cindy, who I know her situation, and this is truly a widow's mite situation, that she gave a check for $5,000. And God convicted me that I was trying to give what I could afford. I wasn't giving on faith. And I said to my wife, Sean, I said, we got to do more. And she said, what are you thinking? And I said, well, I'm thinking this amount. And she was like, I don't know if we can do that, you know, or something like that. And I knew I'd hit the right number, <laughs> okay? All right? It's called faith promise for a reason. And for some of you, maybe it won't just be money because you look at it and you're like, well, I can't give very much. And that's okay. Everything helps. But maybe you're looking at it and you're going, you know what? Maybe I can't do as much money, but I've got time. I've got time. I can go to the Muskegon rescue mission i can go help out barnabas ministries either one of them okay I, I, there's things that i've got gifts and talents that i can offer to help out with okay god's not asking you to give what you don't have he's asking you to give what you got okay when we talk about missionaries we make such a big deal about the goers right we do we celebrate the missionaries and we ought to but let me tell you something the senders are as important the people who are giving faith promise, the people who are giving in faith, who are maybe going, you know what, God, I, I don't know how I'm going to afford $20 a month. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going I'm to step out on faith. $20, $200, $2,000 a month. It doesn't matter, okay? It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. And if it wasn't for the senders who were willing to step out on faith, there wouldn't be goers, you're important to what God is doing. You are important to what God is doing. The last thing is this. So the first thing was what? Pray. Pray. The second thing was? Yeah. And the third thing is go. The third thing is go. I'm going to make this quick, okay? The third thing is go. We're probably all familiar with, with, with the scripture in Matthew 28, 
18 and 19, it says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're pretty familiar with that. And it's not so much convicting to us as it's almost kind of condemning because of our inaction, because we're scared. Some of us, we soothe our conscience by saying, well, I give the faith promise. And I gave out of faith. That does not release us from the call that God has made on our lives. To not just send people, but to ourselves go. Maybe, like I said, you're not going around the world. You're not going across the ocean. Maybe God's just calling you to go across the street. But God is calling you to go. He's calling you to move. Okay? A lot of times we feel like we're supposed to be Billy Graham. Maybe I'm supposed to be, do an evangelistic crusade, you know, in the D&W parking lot or in the parking lot of my, my school or apartment building or my neighborhood. No, 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 that's not what God has called you to do, okay? But what if we just adopted a different mindset? What if we had a just one mentality? What if we just, instead of like, because you know what, that whole 70% that 70% stat, 70% of Muskegon has no religious. That can be intimidating, right? That's a lot of people. What if I just looked at it and said, just one? God's calling me to just to reach just one. Just one. Just one. Yesterday, my wife and I, we were at the bank, credit union, where we do our banking. And my wife waited in line for one specific teller. She waited, waited for that one teller. And she got in the car and said, I waited for that because she's my just one. Just one. Just one. That's all God wants you and me to do. Your goal is just one. Uno. Eins. Okay? Just one. That's all God wants. In fact, when you walk out of here, just to encourage you, you're going to receive a card that looks exactly like this. Bonnie. Bonnie's such a sweetheart. She made this for you. Okay? Just one. And I'm asking you to take this and put it where you can see it. Put it to remind you. Just one. That's all you're responsible for. You're not responsible for 70%. You're responsible for just one. Just one. If you're like, I don't know who that just one is, that's okay. You pray and God will tell you. You just pray and God will tell you who that just one is. Because here's the thing. We are guided by what we see. We're guided by what we see. So here's my question to you. What do you see? What do you see when you walk into your neighborhood? What do you see when you walk into the grocery store? What do you see when you drive past a person panhandling on a corner? What do you see? Are you seeing the world around you with the eyes of Jesus? I, I love the story in Matthew. You don't need to turn there. Matthew chapter 9. And it says that, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Now catch this. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. When he saw the crowds, not just when he saw individuals, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. There's a version, version that says, that when he saw them, he began to weep because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When you look at the people of Muskegon and Fruitport and Grand Haven and, and Spring Lake and the area that you live in, 
Is your heart broken? Do you see people and go, oh, I wish they knew Jesus. I wish they knew Jesus. It takes just one. You don't have to go around the world. You just have to go across the street. When I was a little kid, um, my, my dad was not a follower of Christ. My mom and dad weren't, weren't believers. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom and dad, their marriage was like on the edge. I mean, they were razors width away from divorce. And an old army buddy of my dad's, by the name of Milton Dearborn, came and said, hey, Jerry, there's this really great church. I grew up in San Diego, California. I know you're like, well, I can understand why you'd leave there to come to Michigan, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but an old army buddy of my dad's came to him and said, hey, there's this, th- there's this church I've been going to in Lemon Grove. You ought to come with me. And my dad was like, nope. Not going to do it. My dad's a self-made man. My dad, love my dad. He's a hero of mine, and, and he's a self-made man. He can do anything, electrical, you know, uh, carpentry, uh, mechanical, automobile. He's a, he can do anything. He doesn't need help. And so Milton Dearborn comes and says, hey, there's this great church. You should come. I said, nope. And, and for a lot of us, we look at it and said, I made the ask. I'm done. Check the box. I asked him to go. He said, no, God, I did my part. But fortunately, Milton Dearborn wouldn't take no. He came back. He said, Jerry, you really ought to come. And my dad finally said, if I go with you to church one time, will you leave me alone? (laughs) And Milton Dearborn said, yes. And our family went to church. And guess what happened? I'm standing here today as a preacher of the gospel because one man would not take no for an answer from a guy who desperately didn't need, who who desperately needed Jesus but didn't know it. Just one. Just one. Pray, give, and go. And when we do these things, God will change the world. Father, thank you for this morning and this opportunity to be in your house, to be in your presence, to worship you. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here. While I live an hour away from them, while I'm a part of a different church, I come from a different part of the country, we are linked together by the blood of Jesus. And I pray for this church. God, I believe that there's an anointing here. And I believe that you are using this church to not just change the world, but to, ta- to change their community. And so, Father, as, as they bring their faith promise forward, Lord, I pray that they would be people of prayer. That it wouldn't just be for missionaries, but it would be for themselves. That they would continue asking the questions, God, what do you require of me? What can I give in faith? And that they would be willing to go to reach out to just one to make that difference for your kingdom. We love you, God. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Doug. This morning, we want to wrap up by considering a little card that you either sat on or have moved and you should have it close by. There was one on every chair. I want every single person to have one of these in their hand. And I know some of you made a faith promise last week, and 
Uh, I want you to still have one in your hand. One of the ways that we fund missions is through faith promise giving. And for those that are regular attenders, you understand that. But I just want to give paint the picture that the 107 missionaries that we support monthly is 100% supported through faith promise giving. And we want to see that increase locally, stateside, and globally. We believe that that's our call. There are more people that need to be reached. And I know that many of you have been praying and asking God for what, uh, what he wants you to give. And even this morning, Doug's little example of this woman with the $5,000 gift may challenge some of you. It certainly challenges me and Jessica because it's easy to say, all right, what can our budget afford? And then you start thinking about everything else, a growing family, a daughter going to college, uh, uh, you know, a new car that is going to need to be purchased or whatever the case might be. But we still have to listen to the Lord and trust him. And we call it faith promise. It's different than a pledge. It's different than uh, saying, all right, this is what my budget can do. You say, all right, Lord, what could, if you could get it to me, could you get it through me? And, uh, and that is our heart here for us to live by faith. And when we step out and we do something, um, God, he does the supernatural. And, uh, and he helps missionaries to be supported, local missions, foreign, stateside, our Chi Alpha, oh my goodness, love the Chi Alpha groups, and uh, just, that's what we do. So, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to uh, ask you to consider, what is the Lord saying to you? The worship team is going to lead, uh, lead in a song, and we're going to ask during that song for you to fill out a faith promise. Uh, Pastor Bobby, why don't you lead us, and, uh, and then while they lead, uh, I want you to fill these out, and in a moment, we're going to bring these forward to the Lord as we worship together. Amen. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives today. And I pray over these faith promises. I pray over this next year that you would do the impossible. Doubling, tripling our, our missions program. Lord, we thank you for this. And we give you the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.